Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting pirate. <laughs> Interrupting ah! pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the HBO show Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we'll be taking a deep dive into episode 8, We Go Way Back, or the one where Steed and Ed go on a break so that Ed can go look for himself with his ex-boyfriend but never really leaves. <laughs> Before we do that, let's have a look at the results of our Twitter poll this week. This week, we asked you... What do you think would be the most popular dish at Blackbeard's Bar and Grill and other delicacies and delights and fishing equipment? (laughs) I love how it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. (laughs) That conversation was amazing. Yes. The the options that we gave you were tenderized snake, 40 orange glazed cake, nana's cake, and grilled prawn. And... No surprise, it was the 40 orange glazed cake at 48.1% coming in first. Considering that there are over 700 cakes that have been uh, baked using Samba's recipe, um, you know, I think that this was, uh, this was an easy one to figure out. Yes. This cast is amazing. They are so cool. I love them so much. How they interact with the fandom and the fact that Samba decided to like actually put out a recipe, like Mm -hmm. that's just so cool. It's amazing. It's very sweet. Yes. Coming in second was tenderized snake and then uh, Nana's cake and then grilled prawn. Because, you know, maybe there's not enough melon spoons for that. (laughs) Oh, Ed. I know. Or as Steed would say, Eid. 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 Are we ready to dive into this episode? Yes, we are. But before we do, I just sort of wanted to ask you if you had any general thoughts and impressions about this episode, which I know you do because we've talked about it. Oh my gosh, yes. Let's see. Overall, I would say it's easy to be seduced by the ghosts of your past. Oh. And to remember only the good times. Yes, I agree with that. I think that this is definitely important. And and to kind of understand that sometimes when you're looking at things in hindsight, Uh, You can romanticize things and how they happened. Yeah, I like that a lot. And yeah, you have to remind yourself why you changed in the first place. So we're seeing a side of Blackbeard that he's kind of reminiscing about why he became a pirate and why he Mm -hmm. loved it so much. And good, silly times that he had. But, you know, he needs to remember why he decided that that was a horrible life for him in the first place. Yeah. Why he felt the need to change. Right. Mm -hmm. And because we see it at the very beginning of the series. When I watched this a couple of days ago, I had to scream on discord with you because this Mm -hmm. episode was just so unexpected for me. Like Mm -hmm. everything about it was except, except maybe the very end where the British Navy catch up with them. Like that's, we had sort of like assumed that this was going to happen. Yes. But I think I really also underestimated how fragmented Ed's identity really is. So yeah. I'm sure that we're going to get to talk about that a lot today. I don't want to take up too much of our time right now because <laughs> there's oh. so much to get into. 
But it was extremely jarring. Um, and we'll get into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we open on uh, Alawande in his room that he used to share with Jim, uh, looking at Jim's empty bed and sighing. And then we move to the deck where the crew is sleeping. So I never, I guess I never realized, like, I knew that Jim and Alawande had, like, a room. But the fact that the rest of the crew doesn't and sleeps on the deck, I just, I didn't really connect that there was, like, a hierarchy there. Like, no, I certainly didn't connect that either. And I, yeah. I just, I have questions about how that works when it's raining. Sure, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tropical climate. I mean, come on, it rains all the time. Right. Like, that's really not kind of how I had imagined that the sleeping arrangements would happen. But at the same time, yeah. like, I guess they had to make room for the auxiliary wardrobe. So there you go. <laughs> Crew sleeps on the deck. Oh, no. Well, and uh, maybe maybe I kind of assumed that, like, if it's a nice night, you can sleep on the deck, which would be lovely. Yeah. And maybe there's a place for them. Um, surely. And there's, like, a huge rec room. Like, <laughs> a place for them to sleep. I don't yeah. know. Let's not think about it too much, though. No, exactly. So then we pan over, and Buttons is naked playing some sort of woodwind instrument uh, and like basking in the moon glow. Did you, sorry, did you notice that Roach was holding onions while he was sleeping? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I the needed to point this out. in a barrel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. And Lucius and um, Black Pete were really cute. I and, know. And like kind of snuggled together. It was really yeah, cute. Yeah. I love that. But yes, basking yeah. in moon glow. Yes. Tell us, tell us more about that. Carl shows up and he tells Carl the bird uh, Buttons tells Carl the bird that he's late and he said that, that it's fine though. He started moon bathing without you. Um, and the full moon isn't up until tomorrow. So there, it's just kind of a warm up. Mm. Well, so do you know what this means? Uh, I mean, it's a pagan thing, I'm assuming. Well, um, I mean, maybe I didn't really look at the, the, sure. I, I mean, it's a whole like, Moonlight is is considered to be healing in so many ways, okay. uh, but I meant more in terms of time because it's been exactly one month or twenty eight days, like one lunar cycle, since the lighthouse moment. Oh, and so if we remember, that happened in September seventeen seventeen. Mm-hmm. So now we're mm-hmm. roughly in October seventeen seventeen. Okay. And the reason why that matters to me is because historical Steed Bonnet died in December seventeen eighteen at the age oh. of thirty. So by the way, he's twenty nine in this moment. But anyway, <laughs> <Okay>. again, just <laughs> putting that aside. <laughs> Side note, and. Okay. Um, uh, Blackbeard died in November 1718 at around 34 to 40, 34, 35 to 40. They're not too sure. And I'm sort of bringing their historical deaths because this episode reminded me that there's, you know, an inevitable end to this story, mm-hmm. um, especially because of everything that happens. Sure. It's And like I, we were talking about, it's really interesting to know the history, but ultimately they could continue this story yes. on... Absolutely. Ad infinitum. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I completely because of their agree. artistic license. So, but it, it is interesting to think like, are the creators following something loosely? Like, obviously, they picked these characters as a start, but did they pick the characters historically for the middle and the end as well? Or, 
you know, so we don't really know. And Mm -hmm. that's really interesting to me to keep in mind the historical things so Mm -hmm. that we can kind of point that out. Exactly. For me, it's like two parallel stories that are not quite the same. It's like an AU. Like an AU. Yeah, there you go. This is a version of the multiverse where... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So now as... Buttons is doing his thing. A small rowboat, a little dinghy, Hmm. appears with a man in it. And it was really funny to me because as soon as we stop recording with one episode, I immediately, as soon as I can, (laughs) go watch the next one. And the fact that I mentioned something about Lego Batman in the previous episode (laughs) and then Will Arnett is on our screen. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was definitely a trip. I was like, did you manifest this? Like, how did this happen? (laughs) Did you know? Yeah. No. And I didn't because I've, I've heard the name Calico Jack, like Mm -hmm. just through fandom. I didn't really know what his role was or anything like that. And I had, if I had seen photos of him, I had like scrolled really quickly past like, oh, I don't want to yeah. see this. Yeah, so. exactly. And I don't think I would have been able to recognize Will Arnett just from like a passing screenshot kind of thing, because he's really yeah. well made up. Like he's kind of unrecognizable. Yeah, he is. He is. And um, he kind of has that. <laughs> this is really awful. And I might cut this. He has that Ted Bundy face oh. where <laughs> where if he's in some sort of costume, he kind of like. You can't tell him from another time he was in a different costume. I mean, that's the mark of a good physical actor. Okay, let's compliment him instead of calling him Ted Bundy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. I agree with that. <laughs> do we want to briefly talk about Calico Jack before we move on and then sure, we can move with right the ahead. story? Okay, so yeah. he was also a real person whose name was John Rackham. And he got his nickname because of the calico clothes that he wore. So, and this is really well depicted in the show because he's wearing like those really like rough cotton kind of clothes. Mm -hmm. He was active as a pirate mostly from 1718. And that's at the very least, we just don't have earlier records of it until he was caught and executed in November 1720. And one little tidbit that I find interesting is that he's actually known for having had women as part of his crew, and two in particular, Anne Bonny, who was his lover, and Mary Reed. And I I know I promised you that I would be very brief, but I have to do a small parenthesis, because if one day we ever do an episode on like a deep dive on the historical people that are a part of this show or like around this show, we -hmm. need to talk about this person because they didn't go as Mary. They went as Mark and they wore men's clothing. Oh, interesting. So historical Calico Jack had a trans man on his crew. So I think that that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Very neat. Mm. It's so interesting. And, and I've never, I haven't read any interviews from the creator or anything like that. Um, I'm interested when we're finally finished with the series to like dive into that. Um, mm-hmm. cause I'm sure out there somewhere, someone have a- has asked David Jenkins, like, okay, like in detail, how did this come about and yeah. why did you pick the figures you did? So yeah. that's really interesting to me. Absolutely. Calico Jack is, uh, in this little dinghy, he's calling up to buttons, asking, Specifically, Blackbeard is on board. Mm-hmm. And you just, like, how did you find this ship in the middle of the ocean? And, like, I had to, and so I was completely, like, let's let's stop here. He was sent here by Izzy Hands. We've seen yeah. the rest of the episode, mm-hmm. so we know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, first of all, how did Izzy know where they were? But whatever, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I wasn't sure if this was the absurdity 
that's rife throughout this entire series where yeah. it just it just happened and mm-hmm. like don't question it mm-hmm. or if there I was hoodwinked by that because I was like well you know that that stuff happens in this show I was not thinking whatsoever that he was sent to find him I completely agree with you and when I realized that there was something more nefarious behind it I was like oh, sneaky mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the sh- I felt a little yeah, hoodwinked by the show because I yeah. also just accepted it at face value because everything else has been so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. They kind of comfort you by like, oh, don't don't question it too much. Don't question it too much. Yeah, don't worry. Exactly. And then they're like, ah, ha, ha, I gotcha. Which yeah. is great. This is great. This is the eighth episode of 10. Like, this is yeah. the point where something needs to come to a crescendo and it, and it really, really does. Oh, goodness. So, yeah. Does it ever... So that was really interesting to me, the way they kind of played us. Very cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it it, it sort of made me feel like, okay, so I can't quite relax when I'm watching this show. You know what I mean? Like, I still need to be on my guard a little bit. I need to keep those critical skills going. Mm -hmm. So Buttons doesn't doesn't immediately give him up. He says, maybe, maybe no, who's Mm -hmm. asking? And so he tells, Calico Jack tells Buttons to go wake him up. Mm -hmm. Tells him he's a friend. So... Again, in hindsight, I feel like Button's, like, reluctance to kind of give up any kind of information was Mm -hmm. really on Uh, par. Like, good (laughs) for him. Yeah. Plus his heart. Uh, uh, Okay, we'll get there. (laughs) Then we cut to Steed is sleeping. He's woken up by the sound of cannon shooting. And (laughs) I really love that his, his... reaction is to say oh don't shoot him just a stowaway <laughs> now was this a memory and he's been on a ship before as a stowaway and like kind of tried to see what he liked about it or is this um him being a coward like if he was actually on the revenge and he was approached but we've seen him be brave and at the end be the leader remember that at the end he's the one who says we have to return fire prepare the cannons yes so i don't i don't quite know how to take this but i just you know there's a part of me that's like oh steed like nobody would believe that honey no yeah (laughs) you're the only one that's dressed to the nines though (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so it was just it was a cute little throwaway line i i'm so defensive of steed that i'm like don't make don't besmirch his character, you know. <laughs> For sure. It it was just a maybe it was, it was a, part a dream. Of his dream. Like we don't we don't know. Yes. We don't know, right? I love how well, we're kind of like when sounds man. are happening and your dream kind of incorporates yeah. the sounds that are actually happening, you know, maybe. Oh, yeah. The reason he had his love of piracy was that he was a stowaway on a ship at one point. Mm-hmm. So you never know. You never know. Um, so then he realizes that it, it those are his cannons firing, <laughs> and he goes out onto the deck. And here is where it's very jarring. Like, we've seen Blackbeard be kooky and weird and, you know, stuff like that. But he is acting like a seven-year-old boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he's giddy. You know, he he is he is just completely amped up and hyper. They've been mm-hmm. drinking. It's apparently, like, very early in the morning. And yeah. they're already completely drunk and just completely giddy and being destructive and... And just really, really just kind of off the wall. Right. Which I suppose one would expect of pirates. But then again, this is so different from what we've seen of Ed or Mm -hmm. Id that it just, (laughs) I'm sorry, this is my new thing today, Uh, that 
it, it, it like you're right it is jarring I hadn't really thought about it that way but yeah you're right thanks for pointing it out yeah well and like you talked about how fragmented his personality is yeah. you know this is a fragment of you know possibly what he liked about piracy yeah. and what he liked about you know he he introduces Calico Jack and says we're old shipmates mm-hmm. which was interesting to me oh, the wording was interesting obviously this is supposed to be his ex and yes. we know that like yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, and it sure. is made clear so like my oh. old shipmate is kind of you know my old boyfriend or my old roommate or yeah. whatever but so it sounds like they were on a ship together before ed was blackbeard before he was well he was probably going by blackbeard before he was the blackbeard yeah you yeah, know yeah and that's that's also yeah yeah, so when it seems to be supported by historical fact. <laughs> yeah. So when he's having fun and letting loose and just being able to be a ruthless pirate. So it just is very reminiscent of childhood. This is him finally letting, letting loose. You have to think about he had a very somber childhood. He mm-hmm. killed his father. He, you know, his, he just, the things we've seen about his childhood have been very somber. And so you have to think when he escaped into piracy, there had to have been kind of a golden period of time where Mm -hmm. he really enjoyed it. And he was like, this is where I need to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's also something very important about like destruction of property, especially Mm -hmm. property that belongs to, um, to, to slave owners, to, to, to colonizers. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about the armoire? Yes. So yeah, like they pulled out Steed's, you know, antique armoire and and decided to blow it up. Now, Blackbeard says like, oh, it's just this old thing, shove it under some stairs. So mm-hmm. like, it, you know, he, it looks like he at least attempted to find something he didn't think had any value. But, you know, mm-hmm. one would think if it was carefully stowed somewhere, it had value. I don't know. Uh, he wasn't mm-hmm. thinking. Uh, yeah, exactly. Know. Like it, this was not he, like the consideration that he usually shows Steed was not there in that moment. Yes. Um, let me go back a little bit because um, Calico Jack sees Steed for the first time and says, who's the big gal? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, he's joking. He's joking. You're not a girl, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Steed looks very much like, mm-hmm, you know, here, here I am the butt of the joke again. Like mm-hmm. here I am being called names again on my own ship. Yeah. And he is very unhappy. It's not the first time he's been called a woman or overweight in the show. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, Nigel um, said that, and he didn't say it to Steed's face, but when he was looking through his telescope, they said, oh, it looks to be like a large woman in a dressing gown. Oh. And that was supposed to be Steed. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's because of his hair, you know, it's a little bit more styled. Mm-hmm. But I read a really good Tumblr article about Steed's body shaming. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to link it in the show notes. And I'm not really going to get into it because so much happens. Yeah. But even when it's categorically false throughout the entire show and even there are other characters who are larger than he is that do not have their appearance remarked upon. This is something that is clearly, is clearly meant to be 
yeah, something. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I actually have some thoughts about that, that I have planned for a yeah. little bit later. Um, okay. not necessarily about specifically about the body shaming, but I find that it, it fits incredibly well. So okay. I absolutely agree with you. And yes, and this isn't the last time in the episode that he's, um, feminized either. Hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. But I will link that Tumblr article because yes. it was really, really well written. So yeah, so they're blowing stuff up that was a family heirloom of Steed's, which was interesting to me since he left his family to be a pirate, you know, but there is some sort of respect or sentimentality there that he's, you know, he, he, he says, I was hoping to blow it up at some point. So maybe mm -hmm. he does realize like, well, you know, that thing doesn't really matter. Uh, but again, it was his property to make a decision with. Yeah, I think I think rude. that in this moment, like you're also seeing that, yes, of course, he walked away from his family. But at the end of the day, the only reason why he has the ship is because of his family history. Um, sure. And because of systems that are in place to make sure to protect his family wealth. Um, yes. And the only people who can actually, you know, quote unquote, do something about it are the pirates. And in this case, it's Ed. And so mm -hmm. there's there's a statement here about the class difference between these two men. Um, yeah. but I, I genuinely love how kind Steed is to Ed about it because like you said, he's clearly rattled and upset by what's happening. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and we've se seen him lose his cool with the crew before. I'm thinking particularly about the preparation for the fuckery, but here yes. he's really making sure not to make Ed feel bad about anything. He's like, Oh yeah, I was thinking about blowing it up sometime, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He is very careful, uh, because Ed already feels bad and you know, Ed is prone to fits of self-hatred and, and yes, like violence yes. towards himself also like, yeah. right. And so I think he's being a little bit careful and plus you have to look at the dichotomy between him, the very, very serious, very, very proper person and Calico Jack who Blackbeard right now is completely enamored by. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he doesn't want to be seen as even more of a dour person. Mm -hmm. He wants to be like, well, I'll just be really cool and casual just like him. Yeah, he doesn't want to be seen as sensitive, which would, again, feminize him. Yep. So he <laughs> says that um, he that breakfast is probably ready if you want it. And it, really just talking to Ed. But, you know, of course, as, as a polite person, Calico Jack is also in, invited. Mm -hmm. And they just run in there really rough and brecky. Yeah, let's mm. go. I just go in there and they're just uh, totally upsetting the table and just eating, you know, very roughly. And Steed is just like already over all of this. He's oh, like, yeah. God damn it. Yeah. You know? It's like someone has invaded your space. Oh, like yeah. someone has come into your home mm -hmm. and is being disrespectful of it. Mm -hmm. And the person that you really admire and value is right there along with them. And you're just so disappointed by it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, there was one thing about this scene that kind of I thought was interesting is when Steed says that he wasn't expecting a guest. Uh, there's yes. only two place settings, right? Uh, which mm -hmm. I thought was really fun because it shows that to him, Ed is not a guest. You know, he's a full part of his life. He's part of yes. his routine from the moment he wakes up. And I thought that that was yeah, just so, nice. so sweet. Mm hmm. Yeah, that is nice. And there's some of that passive aggression there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I right. Mean, with Steed aggression. is like the definition of passive aggressive in this whole episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we cut to actually Alawande is is 
uh, on the deck, kind of upset, talking to the Swede about how he misses Jim. And instead of anyone giving two shits about Alawande's feelings, oh. they just hear that his room is open. <laughs> and they're like, ah! Yeah. And it's this mad dash to claim the room. And it reminds me, I used to work in an office job with like lots of cubicles. And it just reminds me of like a beloved coworker quitting, moving on. And everyone's like, here's some cake. Here's a card. We're going to miss you. There's hugs and tears. And then as soon as that person clocks out, it is a mad dash to their cubicle to like get the good chair, get the good stapler. Oh my ooh, God. There's another monitor. Like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I want this. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. And yeah. it just, it's like vultures descending. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It, well, I mean, again, like, it's kind of like part of the the whole pirate thing where, like, someone dies, yeah. oh, let's make sure to use all the parts, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he kind of, he moved out, he made a choice, so, and you know, they probably would have respected him staying in that room by himself, mm -hmm. but he's the one who kind of chose to leave it, yeah. so... You know, that's kind of, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Exactly. There you um, go. Sorry, Aluande. You acted on, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> you acted impulsively. Yeah. Yeah. And he definitely regrets it. So Frenchie and Wee John end up with the room and they're going to share it. So, and then Buttons comes up to Aluande and offers his condolences oh. for Jim and assumes Jim had died. What's terrible foreshadowing for buttons? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Carl. Oh. Carl. He asks, uh, was it very bloody? Jim always loved a bit of blood. <laughs> He's basically asking, did they die like doing something that they loved, you know? <laughs> No, and all of he's like, Jim's not dead. <laughs> and so then we cut to Jim, I'm assuming on the Republic of Pirates somewhere. It's a, it's a church. Mm -hmm. And Geraldo is there and is giving confession to a priest. And the priest is actually Jim. And, you know, he's confessing to all these random sins. Have you ever seen Velocipaster? No, I haven't. It's the dumbest movie in the world, but my friends and I on the Monster of the Week Discord have watched it so many times. And there's a scene just like this where <sighs> he is actually a priest, but the person who killed his parents, spoiler, uh, is giving confession. It happens in the first five minutes, so it's okay. okay. But uh, the person who kills his parents is giving confession, and he gets so angry that he his hand turns into a, you know, a velociraptor claw and he punches through the screen and grabs the guy. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is just like that. I have so many questions about this that I'll keep for later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Wow. You sh it's a 90 minute movie and it's on prime. You should watch it. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's so, so terrible that it's really good. Okay, great. I love those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so Jim is, taking confession from Geraldo and kind of prompts Geraldo uh, to add that uh, they double-crossed someone and said maybe left them to die at the hands of the Spanish. Mm. And then that's when um, Jim punches through the screen and then opens the other side and says God's not a fan. And yeah. Geraldo looks very, very scared because Jim is a scary person. Jim is a scary person. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be stabbed by Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Frenchie. <I'm... gasps> so we're back at Brecky. Calico Jack is taking in like the breakfast setting. And he said, just for the two of you, huh? Horner Gold would shit himself. Yeah. And so it looks like he's um, talking about like that used to be their captain, I'm assuming. Yes. Like maybe they were under his captainship. Mm hmm. So, yeah, so Hornigold was a real person. And they say that that's how they met, basically, like while mm, they were on mm-hmm, his crew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Captain Benjamin Hornigold was an English pirate who did, in fact, have Blackbeard as his second in command. But I really wasn't able to find uh, that he had Calico Jack as part of his crew. Okay. Now, for some quick details, Hornigold always avoided to attack British ships, which eventually caused a mutiny among his crew. And he was also eventually caught and accepted the king's pardon in 1718, which is the same, really exactly at the same time and the same month that historical Steed Bonnet died. Um, And then he became a pirate hunter. Um, And for a little bit of extra tidbit, historically, Steed and Ed actually met through Hornigold. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So in this story, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's where Blackbeard and Calico Jack first met. Yeah, there you go. And said where where we first became outlaws. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they were extremely new. This was like the first pirate ship that they were on. Yeah. Steed says Blackbeard and I met on a ship. It was a Spanish vessel. Funny story. Actually, I was gut stabbed. So he's trying to be like, look, no, I I did some real shit too. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I'm a pirate too. Yeah. yeah. Of course, Calico Jack pipes in. Oh, remember how he stabbed us? You know, oh, remember how he beat us down? And the way he's interrupted and Blackbeard's glee to to continue with the person that interrupts Steed and insults Steed is so reminiscent of the party the of on the French ship. Oh, um, yeah. That it just makes me so uncomfortable that he's so quick to discard him, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like for, for, for someone else's favor that he seems to be receiving. And it just makes me sad, mm-hmm. you know, it's really uncomfortable. You know, Steed is always kind of on the outside, even in piracy, he was on the outside in his former life, you know, and when Blackbeard's getting attention from someone else, he kind of discards him. And, you know, Blackbeard needs to remember that he left that life for a reason. You know, he's, he was drawn to Steed for a reason. He wanted to change his life for Mm -hmm. a reason, Mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes the good old days are, are tempting. Well, it's kind of like in uh, how I met your mother, you know, there's that whole episode about revertigo, (laughs) which has a scientific name by the way, which I can never remember now for me, it's revertigo, (laughs) um, where basically when you're with people from your past, you tend to revert to the person and the, yes. the and, and the behaviors that you had at that time with that person. And we're seeing yes. that very clearly in this episode. Yeah. And it's a very it's it's a very stark contrast to mm-hmm. the broody, you know, serious person Blackbeard was. You know, and, and just the last episode where he was they were on a treasure hunt and he was like, This is silly, you know, this is stupid, I don't want to look dumb. He looks super dumb with Calico Jack, mm-hmm. and he thinks it's hilarious. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that this also taps into a lot of commentary about toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. uh, which we will get into as well. Yes. Yeah. So 
Calico Jack brings up a ship that Blackbeard torched with the entire crew still trapped inside. Mm -hmm. And this is when Blackbeard kind of sobers and says, oh, Steed doesn't want to hear about that. Yeah. Not, you know, I don't want to talk about that. It's Steed doesn't want to hear about that. Mm -hmm. And Calico Jack won't stop. You know, you could hear the screams for miles. Help me. Help me. I'm burning. And Steed looks at Ed and says, I thought you'd uh, given up the killing. And he said, yeah, well, technically the fire killed those guys, not me, which is interesting. So like we talked about before, a lot of the killing was still done at his hand. Yes. It's possible he even lit the match, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't taking credit for that. And, you know, this is instead of like in a legal way of how many people did Blackbeard kill, it's more like in your soul, how many people did you kill? And for him, it was only really his father. Because this was all done mm. in the operation of his of his occupation of piracy. That's really interesting. Now that you're saying this, it sort of bring. Well, if okay, sorry, I'm trying to put some order in my thoughts, but you're just fine. kind of okay. thinking about what happens later with Carl and how Calico mm-hmm. Jack completely rejects responsibility for it. Yes. This is really reminiscent of that. And yes, um, I have some thoughts about why that is and they're all related to toxic masculinity and toxic Mm -hmm. relationships between men okay do you want to wait until yeah i do want to wait because like i want to because there's a perfect example of like how that works the the mechanics of it and everything like in that moment okay so yeah i mean i right now i just want to say i kind of hate that this seems to tarnish the bat the bathtub scene a little but it's still speaking to like frame of mind and guilt yes so yeah there you go i think i think yes okay there you go you've got that because it's not just guilt it's shame there's shame sure and there's regret i think and Mm -hmm. i really don't think that he likes the way that steed is looking at him in that moment yeah Mm -hmm. um and something that he would be proud of in front of Calico Jack yeah. is something he's ashamed of in front of Steve. Exactly. Yeah. He there you needs go. to think about that a little bit. There you go. But we see, <laughs> but we see men do that all the time, right? Like with their buddies, yes. like, Oh yeah, I did this. But then the second uh-huh. that they're outside of that, outside mm-hmm. of that structure, that, uh, that locker room. Yes. <laughs> um, they're not so proud anymore. And, yeah. and if we can center Steed for a second, like he's learning, about something about Ed that he thought was not the case. Like he thought that he had stopped killing, but it turns out that it's not the case and that Ed is using a technicality to explain it away. Um, Yes. And I can like, I can only imagine how it makes him feel and like how he must be wondering what else hasn't been quite true. Like it, it just must shake his confidence in Ed. Yeah, definitely. Um, Although he did see that that raid on that ship and he saw him order Fang to like skin the guy with a with a tiny fork. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's for sure. But I mean like Steed set a ship on fire too. So but he's like... yeah. I guess, but I think he's never he's always said like because he said I got other people to do it. Like I called the shots, but I got other people to do it. Like that's kind of something that you, when you find out wasn't quite true, must still Mm -hmm. be shaking. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think there's a little bit of putting Ed on a pedestal and yeah. then kind of getting him knocked off that pedestal, even though you're the one who put him there. Exactly. So, um, and just, you know, not being able to mesh the, the person you see in front of you with the person that mm-hmm. you, you're being told about. And like, cause Steve knew about the Blackbeard persona. And I think at this moment, he must also be wondering like how much of that persona was real. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. from what he knows of Ed, not much of that persona was real. But then now he's like, well, maybe it was a little bit more than I thought. Right. And you have to think about, it just makes me think like he, he read about these pirates. I was going to say he grew up reading about the pirates, but mm-hmm. like, I'm sure he, he he's the same age as Blackbeard. So, but he read about these pirates. He was enamored by the pirate life, and he's doesn't seem too upset that the Blackbeard he read about is not the Blackbeard he knows because he was so much more and so much mm-hmm. better than that. Yeah. And now he's like, no, I don't. I don't want the stories I've read. I want the real person who yeah. introduced himself to me as Ed. Yeah. There you go. Ah. Yeah. So uh, he. Calico Jack just dismisses it and says, well, it's an, it's an ugly profession. But then again, you'd know that, wouldn't you? Mm. And here's where I want to ask, like, how much does Calico Jack know about Steed and this entire situation? Like, we know he was sent by Izzy. Like, he's obviously has a, has a, has a destination, has something in mind. But how much did Izzy tell Calico Jack about Steve? About Steed. I, know, I was like, oh my God, don't tell <laughs> me you're Steed. doing this too. <laughs> yeah. um, I, that's a good question. I think that he knows, well, a, a lot more than we expect him yes. to know for sure because of that little hoodwink at the end. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure basically, I mean, we saw how Izzy talk, like mumbled about Steed fucking Bonnet mm. in the last episode yeah. or a couple episodes ago. And um, sounds like you couldn't get him to shut up. Yeah. So I'm kind of assuming <laughs> that he knows a lot. And we kind of find out also later, you know, the store bought ones like there's uh, I think he yes. knows a lot. Okay. If not everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then he says, have you mellowed too much uh, for whippies? <laughs> whippies. <laughs> whippies! <laughs> oh, my gosh. This scene is nuts. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally nuts. <laughs> So yeah, like Blackbeard's doing this cute little dance, like Calico Jack is like whipping bottles off the ledge. And then he tries to whip a card out of the Swede's hand and hits his hand. And he says, oh, you moved. And (laughs) again, deflecting responsibility. Yeah. And uh, Blackbeard's the one who said, that's what you fucking get. Like he's completely amped up in the moment, you know, just, yeah, just completely wrapped up in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's he's completely wrapped up enough in it to say, whip my balls, Jack. <laughs> yeah. And he does. Yep. I mean, what? Where's Izzy like, when the fun begins? Right? Like, is this what usually goes on? Because now we understand Izzy a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Izzy's like, oh, the fun <laughs> is about to start. It's funny because he hits him and he's like, ah, and then he goes, fucking hell, Jack. Like, oh, God, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe that was not my best idea. Yeah. But it reminds you of, like, um, Jackass. Like, yes. the movie Jackass. Like, that whole crew mm-hmm. where they're just going to do the dumbest stuff and hurt themselves. Yep. 
and they, it's just hilarious. Yeah, you know? it's just hilarious. Don't yeah. be so sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it can get a little exhausting, and we're kind of steed in that moment. That's like <sighs> I am know? fully exhausted already, and we're not even halfway yes. through the episode. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, so Frenchie and Wee John are in their room planning. Wee John has a doll. Yes. Like I think we've seen this before too. We have. I didn't notice it before. I think. I think. But it just reminded me very starkly of when he's has the fabric over his head when they're making the flags, and he says he used to sew his mom's dresses. Mm. Like there's a very soft side to Wee John, and and you see that a lot with characters that are very large in stature. Mm-hmm. That they're just basically big teddy bears yeah that's right (laughs) so that can kill you yeah yeah so uh and it's uh, one thing it's a really sweet scene they're like planning out they have like a blueprint frenchie is uh, you know has this little blueprint that we john is trying to understand and they're talking about a sitting room but one thing that was really sweet is they've never had a room before neither of them yeah and I was just like, well, yes, okay. I feel I, I feel bad for Olawande, but I also I'm really happy for Frenchie and Wee John. So I'm like, I, I mean, honestly, like, I think that's the cutest thing. And like, yeah. I find it so interesting because with the sitting nook and everything, it sort of sounds like they're trying to recreate Steed's quarters. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A bowl of mints, yeah, you know, and have people go. over. Yeah. So they're kind of trying to emulate what they've seen. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're back on the deck and Blackbeard is standing there with Calico Jack and with Steed and the rest of the crew and they're telling stories. And of course, I mean, this that's the fun part is, is these people know the Blackbeard. This guy yeah. knows Blackbeard. Like, mm-hmm. oh, tell us some stories. Did you notice that Steed is wearing, like, a terracotta brown in this one? He is, yeah, I did notice that. Which I found was so dull compared to the rest of his clothing. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, the presence of Calico Jack has sort of, like, dulled his sparkle a little bit. Mm. It's also closer in tone to what Jack is wearing compared to what Steed usually wears. Interesting, yeah. And I think it's a more, quote-unquote, masculine color you know how we were talking about black and really really dark gray like i think that this is one of those also yeah yeah so they bring up um that calico jack saved blackbeard's life Mm -hmm. and uh he's trying not to tell the story like this is all pretty calculated because he mentions blind man's cove which honestly did he save his life or did he set him up and then like take and it away change his mind or yeah right, right. Like, you don't know yeah i tr- i trust nothing that comes out of that man's mouth honestly they don't really tell the story so we don't know yeah. but he says you know oh that's a real pirate not like one of these store-bought types and he looks mm-hmm. at steed uh very clear passive aggression <laughs> yeah i mean i don't even know if that's passive aggression like that's just no, aggression no, no. right pretty like, blatant. yeah i mean to me like because the people that we've heard say that like real pirate it has been izzy like izzy called blackbeard a real pirate um so this to me again i read as a as a direct attack on steed on steed's masculinity um Mm -hmm. using ed as an example of a real man which we'll have to get into at some other point because there's just too much but like he's 
And and like you mentioned, he already called Steed like the big gal earlier, right? Yes. So I kind of want us to remember that homophobia is rooted in misogyny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is definitely. why so many homophobic insults that are aimed at queer men basically feminize queer men because mm-hmm. toxic masculinity dictates that there's nothing worse than being womanly or feminine. Yeah. I just think that this show is so good at doing those things very yeah. subtly, but yeah. it's there, you know, like they just do such an amazing job at pointing out those things. Yes. Completely yeah. in universe. Like I love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is where Steed kind of ceases in to kind of stick it to Calico Jack mm. and says, Jack, I hate to ask, but where's your ship and your crew? Mm-hmm. And instead of his crew going, yeah, you know, and him being seen as lesser in their eyes, now they're all insulted. Like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> how dare you insult this guy? And he says he's kind of between things at the moment and, you know, his crew mutinied. And so now the sympathy is all lying on Jack's side, too. The crew's like, oh, it's okay. And they say, man, you know, you made him cry, mm. you know. And, it's, and Jack said it was the third time he's been mutinied, which is extremely telling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, buddy, what are you doing wrong? Well, I mean, uh, apart from everything, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that this is really interesting because, like, if Steed had been crying, I don't know how the crew would have reacted. Right. So anyway, and I also love Lucius, like Lucius's reaction yeah. of calling him out for it being a bitchy question. Yeah, which right? <laughs> is Lucius's brand. He's like, I am the authority on bitchy questions. So, yeah, well, I mean, he's our truth teller. Like, that's kind of how I see his role now. Like he mm-hmm. tells the truth and and it, and he's right. You know, like that was passive yeah. aggression right there. Blackbeard kind of pulls Steed aside or vice versa. Mm hmm. And the crew is comforting Calico Jack. And they said, oh, you, you know, I'm sure it wasn't personal. And he says, yeah, well, when they tie an anchor around your leg and throw you overboard, it feels pretty personal. <laughs> Which, yeah, <laughs> it feels personal. And then they said that, um, they said, you know, we were going to mutiny on Steed. And yeah, we probably will again someday. And Roach goes, yeah, we'll throw him overboard. <laughs> They're really comforting him with this notion that they're going to throw Steed overboard too, which probably um, in Calico Jack's calculated mind at this point is like, oh, okay, I can separate Steed completely from this crew if he needs to. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he doesn't need to at this point. So, yeah. So now Steed and Blackbeard are having kind of a conversation on the side. And Steed was like, how was I supposed to know his crew mutinied? And he said, in hindsight, I probably could have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> Steed. <laughs> and Blackbeard says, Jack's always been a bit emotional. And he says, you know, the two of you actually have more in common than you think. Mm. I know he comes on a bit strong at first, but he's insecure. And he wants him to give him a chance. Yeah. And Steed is very nice and said, if he's a friend of yours, then I'm sure there's something in there that I'll like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And again, if he's a friend of yours. Which is interesting because he never kind of gave that to Izzy. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. That's true. That's but true. then again, Ed never stood up for Izzy either. No, he didn't. He was more, this is my employee, not this is my friend. Yeah. 
yeah, this is my ex. <laughs> right. I think that lends to the fact that my theory that Izzy and Ed never got together. I don't think Izzy allowed himself to understand, you know, what he was feeling for uh, Ed. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That can definitely be read that way for sure. Yeah, 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 certainly. Yeah. They're trying to cheer Calico Jack up and Steed offers to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, Calico Jack offers up the blind man's cove and they, you know, they set course for there. So I don't know where in the world this is located, but this was all very calculated by him to get them there. I'm sure he would have, if conversations would have gone differently, he would have found another way. Yeah. To get there. So he just kind of saw his opportunity and he says, Oh man, thanks. You're the greatest Steve. Mm. (laughs) Did you, did you used to watch friends? Yes, yes. Okay. Where you intentionally call them by the wrong name as like a power move. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. To try to undermine the boyfriend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing here. And he says, it's Steed. And he goes, what is? <laughs> like, he's yeah. just completely <sighs> like, nope, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. They pull up to the blind man's cove. And Steed is very excited and says, oh, what should we do first? Take a dip, go for a nature walk. I bet there's some, I bet there's some insane foliage. Oh, Steed. <laughs> yeah. And Blackbeard says, yeah, I think with this crowd, probably uh, they want something a little more. And he says, Yardies, who's up for Yardies? Calico Jack does. And so again, here's Whippies, there's Yardies, there's, there's, so this is another game mm-hmm. to be played. Yeah. And this is Yardies is apparently just jumping off the mainsail. <laughs> Looks like I it. Don't yeah, know. sure. Got to clear so, the deck. <laughs> yeah. So Roach attempts it and hits himself on the railing, and I thought he died. I thought he died too. I texted you. I was like, <laughs> "Did he die?" I no. Did he? Did he die? No. And I was like. <laughs> I was like 20 minutes ahead of you. And I was just like, no, he didn't because they just immediately cut to another scene and he's there. Fine. (laughs) This is a big injury. He would have injured himself pretty badly. Um, and, and he's perfectly fine. And so that's kind of why sometimes with this show, I never really know how much to suspend my disbelief and how much Mm. to use my critical skills. Like it's, it's very confusing. I find they keep you on your toes. Yes. Yeah. They're like, reality is what we say it is, and we're free to change those rules at any point. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a fun show. And, you know, and maybe that would get, I wouldn't say exhausting, but maybe that would be frustrating for an audience if if it was a little bit more serious or if it was the stakes were a little bit higher or Mm -hmm. maybe if it was a longer show. Mm -hmm. But being a 30-minute snippet, you can kind of go, okay, yep, all right. I can suspend my disbelief for 30 minutes. Yeah. And I think so, that there's yeah. also, because of all the work that they do, there's also, they they have a really high like um, trust capital or like uh, social mm, capital yeah. with the audience that they yes. can, they can use up in this way. Yes. Right. So I'm yeah. definitely willing to give them that kind of benefit of the doubt sort of thing where I'm like, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. No worries. Whereas like if this were happening on another show, I'd be like, this is incredibly distracting and I cannot deal with this. Mm -hmm. Like my suspension of disbelief is very, um, very fragile a lot of the time. (laughs) Yes. Whereas here I'm like, okay, all right, that's fine. Right. 
also they don't seem to um exploit it uh like yes. what i mean is they don't hurt you with it yes exactly you know right obviously is roach dead no he's not oh good and he's not injured and we don't have to like go through a whole process of mm. where he's injured now if they were you know if he looked like he got a paper cut and then he ended up dead then you know like that would kind of keep us on our toes in a horrible way like wait what what happened you know well, which is so. which in a way is sort of what happens to happens to lucius yeah right like he gets bit, <laughs> and he has to cut off his own finger which is just like anyway that is yeah, yeah i mean uh yeah, once you point that out, yeah, as soon as I said paper cut, I was like, oh, wait, Lucia's, like, oh no. Lucia's got a splinter. <laughs> you know, and it is funny that the whole, like, suspension of disbelief that you can get a gut wound and not die, but then he got a a bite, which we all know scientifically that the mouth is rife with bacteria mm-hmm. and, a, and a human bite is actually really prone to infection. Yeah. Uh, so it is, but it's like, I was like, surely nothing's going to happen from this, but no, it was a whole huge plot point, Yeah, exactly. but it was wrapped up and it was done and he's fine mm-hmm. and he's not scarred from it. Yeah. Like he, he has a wooden finger. It's fine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> done. Done. So and done. At least they're not exploiting our trust in that way. Yeah, I agree. That happened and it's over mm-hmm. and he's fine. Yeah, definitely. So now is a really fun scene. I know you're going to love this scene mm-hmm. between Jim and Spanish Jackie. Yes. <laughs> Um, Spanish Jackie is at her bar and Jim walks in with Geraldo at knife point and Spanish Jackie says, what exactly is the plan here, Jim? And Jim says, you tell me everything you know about the Seattagalos or I knife another one of your husbands. And Jackie just shoots Geraldo. <laughs> Which honestly... <laughs> I mean, to a certain, I mean, except for the very, except for the ending was probably mm-hmm. for me, the high point of the episode. Yes, I, And I don't know why I got so much satisfaction from it. <laughs> I'm like, maybe yeah. that's something I need to investigate. <laughs> but maybe. I loved that moment where you realize that like her husband's or at the very least Geraldo, like yeah. he didn't mean anything to her at all. She was yeah, willing to yeah. kill him to have like a real talk with Jim. Mm-hmm. I I love Jim and Spanish Jackie together, especially if they seem to be coming to some sort of understanding. Yes. Like these are two wild cards. And if they get together, like, woo, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think this is a little later, so I'll, I'll keep it. But yeah, like I just, yeah, yeah. I love how they're able to relate to each other as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So Jackie um, kind of gets the better of Jim, but then Jim's like, "Well, I'll just you know shoot you with, you know, fight to the death." And then Jackie has to reload the gun, and Jim's all smug and is like, "Well, you know, fifty nine seconds too late because now." And then it turns out. Jackie pulls out a knife too. Can we make, when was, so I'm Canadian. So there are things that I just, you know, um, but when was your, when, when was the, like, when did the United States become a country? 1776. 1776. Okay. So we know that it takes about like a whole minute to reload a gun at that point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think people know where I'm going with this, you know, not a part of the country, so I won't make the comment, but I just needed Uh to point this out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good point. Mm. Yeah. 
so yeah, they, Jim says that was cool. Yeah. And Jackie said, yeah, it was. <laughs> and then Jim gets the better of Jackie and says, all right. And Jackie says, all right, that was pretty cool. And Jim says, yeah, I've been broadening myself. So it sounds like maybe they kind of fought before and Jim oh. ended up, you know, not, not dominating Jackie. Hmm. Cause Jim did make that comment. I've been broadening myself. So. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> now you're thinking of all kinds of different scenarios. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, maybe oh. that's why. Well, Jim probably went into service for Jackie to get closer to that husband that she wanted to kill. But you never know. Like, you never know if that's how Jim found themselves in service for Jackie is because Jackie got the better of them. I, I, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, I guess, you know, upon our rewatch at one point, this will be like something that I'm going to pay particularly close attention to. Yeah. So at this point, Jackie is at knife point and uses the skills that she has clearly honed to come out on top in the Republic of Pirates Mm -hmm. to say, do we even need to do this? You know, and, and kind of talk her way out of being murdered. Mm -hmm. They, they're kind of even, you know, left, set you up, left you for dead. You killed one of my husbands. We're pretty even. Mm -hmm. And so they suggest to sit there with some drinks, (laughs) which is amazing. Which is amazing. These two very powerful wild cards. Yeah. I just really love that like this is these are two people who have marginalized uh, genders who mm-hmm. also like who were assigned female at birth who mm-hmm. um, are not white uh, yep. you know one is black and one is indigenous and I just I <laughs> I love that they're not fighting. Yes. I really do. Yeah. Speaking of fighting, we cut to a crab and a turtle with a knife tied to his shell. (laughs) And a bunch of drunken idiots surrounding them, screaming at them to kill each other. Mm -hmm. And again, like this is reminiscent of like dog fights and this and that, like all of the things that are associated with like toxic Toxic men, right? Mm -hmm. And Steed is standing outside of the circle with a nice frilly sun umbrella, Mm. you know? And so like you said, he was wearing terracotta earlier. One would think he would choose not to take the sun umbrella, you know, to try to conform a little bit so that not to give Calico Jack a little bit more ammo, Mm. but he doesn't. I I respect (laughs) that Steed is himself. You know, you know, know that, um, that thing on Twitter where like, Hey fellas, is it gay too? Like yeah. <laughs> in this case, it's like, Hey fellas, is it gay to get like really bad sunburn and sunstroke just to, um, yeah. you know, impress your boyfriend kind of thing. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's like, look, I'm not going to yeah, like, get sunburn over exa- this shit. I mean, he is white <laughs> as a sheet, more. this man. Like, he, yeah. he needs sun protection. Like, yes. I have a Scottish child. I know what that is. Like, it's it's oh, a no. thing. Yeah. He is me. He is a redheaded, pale person yep, just exactly. like me. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We so. need protection from the sun. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I know what you mean. But, uh, you know, he... 
possible he doesn't have a different sun umbrella, but you think he could have chosen yeah, something a little no. bit different. Yeah. And but I, that's okay. But your point still stands, right? Like it's, it's like yes. he chooses to do this, even though yeah. somebody else might not, might've fallen victim to the, 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 to, the, to peer pressure. Yes. Yes. I, I sort of, this entire episode, I was sort of kind of keeping an eye on Lucius and kind of wondering like, mm-hmm. what, he was doing in all of this. Yeah. Uh, because Lucius tends to also like not really go along with a lot of stuff because he thinks it's stupid. Yeah. And so I was kind of following along and I, I was noticing that he wasn't putting up any kind of resistance to it. No, he seemed to enjoy himself. Alawande seems to be also a very sympathetic person mm. to Steed and he was very into it. Like, I think it was just caught up in the moment let's exactly. cut loose let's have fun you know this is Alawande is also going through heartbreak yeah that's right? true that's true like he's going through and, a breakup and... essentially yes yeah and so yeah that'll make people do kind of want to cut loose too yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so now we have uh, the most interesting scene uh steed is in the jungle peeing he hears someone approach and says, all that rum goes straight through you, doesn't it, Ed? Mm. Which is a very, he's in a very vulnerable position. Like yep. if Calico Jack wanted to kill him at that point, he could have. Yep, absolutely. Don't know why he didn't. I, I guess he was just adhering to the greater plan or, you know, maybe he doesn't kill people just like Blackbeard doesn't. But Well, it might have been a bit difficult to get away with it once people found out. True. Very true. Very true. Right? Very like true. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm seeing him as like a very calculated person in that sense. And I don't think he yeah. thought he could get away with it truly. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, you know, when people have to go out to relieve themselves, mm -hmm. that is just one of the most vulnerable positions you can be put in. Yeah, for sure. You know? Uh, so <laughs> he says, the rum grace goes straight through you. This must be my sixth P and Oh, hello, Jack, you know? And mm -hmm. it's just, it, so his guard is put back up, yeah. but he thought this was Blackbeard coming up. Mm -hmm. And so he was just very relaxed, very whatever. Calico Jack walks up very close to him. There's no reason to, but it's very much like men at a urinal mm -hmm. type situation. And he said, what do you, you think I was Blackbeard? You're good, close buddy. Mm. And he says, yeah, I did actually. You, you've got a surprisingly similar gait. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is funny because they kind of grew up as pirates together. They probably emulated the same people. Yeah. And maybe that's where he got his walk from or whatever. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And he says, we got a lot, of com a lot in common, me and him. In a lot of ways, we're the same man. Yeah. Okay. Calico Jack asks, what's going on between you two? You buggering each other or what? Mm -hmm. And Steed goes, don't know what you're talking about. And he says, nothing to be ashamed of. Anything goes at sea. God knows Blackie and I have had our dalliances. Now, I just, so just because I am not technically a native English speaker, I had to look up two of those words. I had okay. to look up buggering and okay. uh, dalliances. Oh, okay. Because I didn't know what now, they were. Buggering to me is, um, and I didn't look it up, but I have heard it used in the past to mean, you know, homosexual sex. Mm -hmm. It's it's anal sex, yes. Oh, it means anal sex yeah. specifically? Okay. Yeah, specifically So anal yeah, sex. so I found it interesting with all the anachronisms in this show that they used the word buggering, which would probably be more appropriate for the actual time. Hmm. 
And it's also like, just so that we know, like buggering or bugger or whatever, like it's got like a, it's, it's got a, a racist, um, root oh. because it was originally like the etymology of it actually comes from the medieval Latin for talking about Bulgarian. Okay. And so basically like the English kind of were saying that to say that this is basically something that these people were doing. Oh yeah. Okay. Interesting. So again, and there were like laws against it. I mean, yes, there, there were, um, yeah, still are in some places. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But as far as using that terminology, there was like laws against buggery or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so dalliances are more like kind of little little moments, little. I mean, it's very very clear that they had sex, right? Uh, he's so making it very clear. yeah, so dalliance, like the the information that I found was that it's basically like a casual, either romantic yes. or sexual sexual relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So I was like, oh, okay, so this is like clearly stated. Lovely. Yeah. Like I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that it's explicitly stated because it doesn't really give us much to talk about. It's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, we don't have to look for meaning and try to like read into right. the word. Like, no, no, this is clearly stated. It's there for us to right. see. And anybody like, I don't, <laughs> you know, cause usually when we're talking about queer relationships, it's, it's yes. kind of hard because a lot of it is left up to interpretation uh, sadly, yeah. but this is not left up to interpretation. Like this is very clear. Right. We used to have sex. Yeah. We, ha- we used, we usually have to prove it yeah. and we don't have to prove it here. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about the other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do want to talk about is Steve doesn't seem ashamed at all. Uh, Cause he says nothing to be ashamed about. Mm-hmm. Steve doesn't seem ashamed, but he says Ed's past is Ed's business. And I respect that. And it was, this is very clearly a, Current lover, yeah, talking to an ex lover yeah. situation. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I, the way that I kind of read it was more because Steed never denies it. Just saying, mm-hmm. um, no. he says, "I don't know what you're talking about," and I think it's a way to kind of like protect his and Ed's privacy. Yeah, of course, of course, he doesn't need to give him any information, right? Exactly. Whatsoever. Like he already doesn't trust. Jack. So why would he be giving him that kind of information? Whether, whether the answer to that is yes or no. Yeah. Calico Jack clocks that he calls him Ed Mm. and he says the blackie, I knew would have snapped your neck for calling him that. And here's the point where uh, you had messaged me and asked me if um, I thought the name blackie was a slur. Or at least racist, because I don't think like a a slur is the appropriate word for it now. It was just like the first thing that came to my mind, but yeah. Sure. I, I think it's highly possible. You know, my very first gut reaction to hearing that was like profound discomfort. And that's why I messaged you because I was like, why, why did this make me feel this way? Mm -hmm. And I think like at first I sort of tried to explain it away by saying like, oh, well, maybe the writers had to find like a name that wasn't like Blackbeard or Ed or Edward uh, to Mm -hmm. show again, to kind of show the fragmentation uh, in Ed's identity and to show that he's different. He's a different person yes. depending on who he's with at the moment. Yeah. Um, but again, like we talked about, like if that was the goal, then they could have gone with any variation of like Ted, Teddy, even Eddie, or like with whippies, with uh, yardies, he could have gone with like 
ballsy or beardy, mm-hmm. but they re- like it didn't go there. Mm-hmm. The writers like specifically had Jack call Ed Blackie, and mm-hmm. so if I kind of like, and this is like my own deconstruction here, because if I allow myself to sit in that discomfort, like the discomfort that it provoked, yes. um, and not try to explain it away. I, I have to call it racist. I have to. Yeah. And like, because at the end of the day, I find that like when uh, us and me as a white person, particularly when I try to explain things away, um, like this, like, Oh, maybe they just meant this. Maybe they just meant that. Well, I'm just trying to find ways for why this can't be racist. And this is right. a really very real concrete way that as a white person, I am actively upholding white supremacy. Right. Well, and you don't, you know, it's not a challenge to call it what it is Mm -hmm. and say what it is because he's a villain of the story. You're not trying to, you know, explain it in a way that, you know, justify it. Like you would have a character that you like, like he can very clearly also be racist. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's that not this really is... a challenge. We should challenge ourselves with other characters that we actually like. Yes, to there look you at go. That. But and this I... isn't really a challenge with Calico Jack. I know, but <laughs> even the fact that like my first gut reaction, like yes. my first reaction was to, oh, well, maybe they tried to do this or this. Like, wow, like that really confronted me with something with like the the basically with the 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 racism that I inherited when I was mm-hmm. born as a white yeah. person. And so like, like, Oh, well, surely. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think that hopefully like me talking about it openly and talking about how I thought about this is kind of helping other white people confront that yeah. in, in themselves. And that's, that's what mm-hmm. I'm hoping by talking about this, right? Like I'm not doing this to say yeah. like, Oh, look at how good I am. No, no, no. Look at how, look at sure. the process that goes into deconstructing this. Yeah. And I definitely clocked the word too. And it made me uncomfortable too. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Don't call people that. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, like it's just, it, it, yeah. Profound discomfort, honestly, is how yes. I felt. I was like, no, <laughs> that's not right. So, right. Aside from the name he chooses to use, which is discomforting. Um, he says, I, the person I knew would have snapped your neck for calling him that discounting the fact that Ed introduced himself to steed as ed right this isn't a a name that steed chose Mm -hmm. to call him Mm -hmm. he said my name's ed and that's what he's been calling him well then again it sort of makes me wonder like where did blackie come from because i'm yes i'm i'm sorry i am unwilling to believe that ed introduced himself to calico jack as blackie i refuse yeah refuse to believe that yeah, I, I completely agree. Especially, you know, cultivating a persona and then having that shortened. It's it's different for to know him well enough to know that his real name is Edward, mm-hmm. um, to be introduced to him as Ed. Mm-hmm. But if you were introduced to him as Blackbeard and you've gotten to know him and you start calling him Blackie, like, it's just, yeah. Yeah, no. It's that's just something gross. you did. Mm-hmm. In contrast, something that steed didn't do he was he was introduced to ed as ed Mm -hmm. so calico jack is assuming that steed chose the name and really it was blackbeard who chose the name and for all of his faults because i must defend him at all costs izzy never did that (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> I do wonder how how that came about, how he started calling him Edward. But yeah. we'll probably well, never know. Well, I think I know, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we have a different read of their relationship, which is fine. I'm totally yes. okay with it. It's it's fine. But yeah, yeah no, to me, it's like, <laughs> this is play. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Steed is completely pissed off. Uh, you know, this person has just invaded his space and he is stomping back to the boat and Blackbeard sees him and says, where are you going? We're about to have a coconut war. Mm. <laughs> Which, you just chuck coconuts at each other. And uh, Steed says he's heading back to the ship. Yeah. And he says, I'm not finding any of this a blast, actually. I don't like to drink until I puke or get pelted with coconuts. And making a turtle fight a crab, that's just mean. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of him for doing this, honestly. Like, yeah. I, you know, he's, I'm very proud of him because he never, ever, ever, ever made a scene in front of Calico Jack about this, right? Like, he kept yes. composure. He made sure to, like, um, uh, preserve... Ed's dignity and his mm -hmm. identity in front of Calico Jack, but then in front of Ed and directly to Ed, he's setting boundaries for himself about what he likes and dislikes. He's standing up for himself. And honestly, he is standing up for Ed as well. And the yeah. sad part about yeah. this is that he has to stand up to Ed for Ed. Mm -hmm. He's like, this isn't who you are. Yeah. And I know this isn't who you are. He says, honestly, Ed, I don't like who you are around this guy. And yeah. I think, but I think all of us have, uh, had a friend or had someone in our life like that, who kind of turns into a different person when they're around someone who's toxic. Oh yeah. There are people who bring out the worst in the other person. And I, I've had experience with that where it's like, oh, I can't be around you when you're around this person. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've also been on the other hand of, uh, on the other end of this, like basically being like, wow, like this person is really bringing out the worst in me. And I don't like the person that I am mm -hmm. when I'm around them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ed is kind of being tempted back into the game and Steed is like, all right, well, you, you two have fun. Calico Jack sees him and kind of runs up and says, oh, come on, Steve, don't go. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Sure. We cut back to yeah, complete. I don't jerk. like him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut to Jackie and Jim having a drink and yeah. talking about revenge. And yeah. Jim is talking about how they want to see they want them to feel the same pain mm -hmm. as they felt when they lost their family. Mm. And Jackie's saying, "You can't live like that. You got to get over it. You can't end up like me." Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, Jackie asks Jim to guess her age. <laughs> Jackie and Jim says, I don't know, 50. And Jackie says that she's 25. Oh my God. Jim's like, you look good. <laughs> but it's Again. funny because it says, stop lying, kid. And I'm like, yeah. well, you're, you're calling Jim kid. So like, you you know, yeah, this is such no, a throwaway sure. joke, but <laughs> I mean, like, uh, again, like to me, this is totally like how the show plays with this and just doesn't really care yes. about 
historical accuracy, which is totally fine with me, right? Like, usually I'd be like, yeah. oh, I don't care about historical accuracy. Nah, 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 nah. Right. But here, like, I really don't care. I, I, I actually love it. But yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny. I love it. I'm waiting for Izzy Hands to say that he's 17. I am waiting for Izzy Hands <laughs> to say he's 17. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, the fact that we have, like, a canonical character that, like, historically was in his teens at this time. And, and then... And then Jackie's making this joke. It's like, can can Izzy say that now? Be like, I'm fucking 17. <laughs> that would be amazing. David Jenkins, if you're listening to this, please, please, yeah. please. <laughs> because Jackie says all the revenge and rage and anger, it ages you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Izzy. that's Izzy to a T. Oh, my goodness. That's so true. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even Izzy's think about that. Izzy's only 17. It's okay. We know this. Yeah. I was, just, I was just like amazed at how, you know, the conversation that we were having last episode about revenge and how mm-hmm. like I was hoping that Jim was going to kind of like get over, not get over it because I don't think you can, but like just kind of work ex- through it. Yeah. Find closure uh, and yes, carry yes. on and move. You know, I don't think you can really move yeah. on from those things, like having your family murdered in front of you, but no be able to carry on and live their life or and move move on to another stage of grief you know right. they're kind of stuck in in the anger stage of grief and like you need to get out of that stage and go to a different stage right exactly right, i yeah. i that's what i was hoping for jim because i was really thinking yeah. that this would help them and mm-hmm. and i'm very happy to see that spanish jackie is is agreeing with this yes Jim says, I'm trying to put the revenge part behind me. And and so they're like, look, I'm trying to move on, but I have to do this, mm-hmm. you know. And, and there's a lot of familial pressure on them to do that, mm-hmm. too. I mean, like, look how disappointed Nana was, you know, like, yeah, you, you failed me, basically, which is just a completely unfair. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, this was very. Yes. John Winchester. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Nana. <laughs> Don't invoke the name. I Don't know. No, I know. <sighs> so Jim says, you know, help me, help me find the people mm-hmm. that killed my family. And Jackie says, well, there's one right there, and points to Geraldo. I know. So that was a little bit of a twist, right? Um, it makes you wonder how much Geraldo knew mm-hmm. about Jim, you know, before setting them up or whatever but you know obviously honestly he probably didn't care or didn't know and didn't matter to him jackie says past that those bastards are probably dead so that's something for jim to think about like this isn't an age where you can find them on the internet like you'd have to do if you don't know where they are you're gonna have to do some hardcore digging maybe a lot of traveling to find these people and is that worth the rest of your life Mm -hmm. you know all right so we cut to the deck of the revenge and they you know it's whippy time again apparently it's whippy time again yeah (laughs) steed is trying to read and he's super annoyed by the whole thing and oh alawande is trying to use the whip the swede is sitting there uh, with a cup on his head and they're trying to get alawande to whip the cup off of the swede's head yeah and at this point, Buttons pops up with Carl, and he's very upset because this is the night of the full moon. He's trying to moonbathe. Yeah. And they're interrupting him. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I like that he says, you know, like a little bit of respect, like he's kind of bringing the gravitas back, which I find it interesting that it's Buttons who does that. Yes. Um, Yeah, I haven't quite thought about that, but. I think he's always been like the pirate, the the competent one. Yeah. Everyone else, you know, and, and yeah, he's a character. He's standing there naked and everything. But like um, everyone else are kind of just kind of moving around the ship and he's the one who's keeping them moving forward or, or setting the course. And, you know, I, I see him as the absolute competent one. Mm, like the voice of wisdom and competency kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah I see that. Yeah. I definitely see so, that. <laughs> at that point, people kind of like, Oh, okay. Let, you know, let, let's call it a day. Mm. Like, like people are tired, you know, like they want to go to yeah. bed. They've been drinking since the morning. Like, right. Right. And of course now Calico Jack is like, no, no one goes to sleep, you know, and he starts whipping all around and doing stuff and he hits Carl, the bird. The bird, yes, not Carl Urban. Yes. (laughs) Despite what my Photoshop shows. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Buttons is devastated oh my god i i mean i'm sorry but like i was just so shocked by this yes like i mean i was also shocked by geraldo's death um yeah but i i suppose it turns out that i didn't really care about him as much as i cared about carl which was (laughs) kind of a surprise to me yeah but also i think obviously like the show agrees with this and wants us to feel this way because it it just makes such a bigger deal of carl's death than geraldo's which we did get a tweet, didn't we? That um, because I think when uh, in episode four, I believe when Blackbeard says, "Oh, they have a bird guy," and I was like, "Oh, I wish they would have shown yes his bird beforehand." Apparently, they did yeah. uh, on the first episode. Mm-hmm. He was like feeding him or something. Yeah, I guess I just never really thought. Yeah, yeah there you go. Oh, this yeah. is going to be so amazing to rewatch. Honestly, I have not yeah, rewatched really watched a single yeah. episode because I want to be able to do a full rewatch after. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh man. So so yeah, so he means a lot to Buttons. And I think, you know, he's a he's a bird and you know, pet deaths are are very tragic and it's really hard to see Buttons reaction to it. Mm. And yeah. he's holding his little body and it's like, you know, you, you killed him and everyone gets really somber. And Calico Jack's like, well, I mean, it was an accident. He flew right into my whip, which was not true. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Can we, can I, can I get a second here? Yeah. Because this is what I meant, what, what I was thinking about when I was talking about the refusal to take accountability. Mm, yeah. Uh, because he shifts the blame onto Carl. Like it's yeah. his fault that he died, that he, ki- that mm-hmm. Jack killed him. And like he even turns to the other crew members and he's asking for backup yeah. in that moment. And I, I just find that this is such like a crystal clear example uh, where we watch toxic masculinity in action, where like a man will turn to his bros to make sure that he faces as few consequences for his actions as possible. And if we can bring this into our reality for a second, I'm thinking of like fraternities Mm 
I'm thinking mm-hmm. of sports teams and I'm thinking of the police force where that culture permeates um, when it comes to violence, whether that's gender based or race based. And I think that it's such a powerful moment in the show that none of the crew tries to cover up yeah. for him because that's yep. not what happens in reality. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. That moment was just so powerful for me. Like it, it, it made it really me so was. angry and so vindicated that they didn't stand up. They, they, they were. Roach's face says it all. Mm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I wish Blackbeard hadn't made the choice that he chose mm-hmm. because I feel like it was a big middle finger to the crew. That's like, well, he's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know. It's really hard to let go of the people in your past if they come back. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love Blackbeard. He's one of my favorite characters probably, but pretty disappointed with his choices throughout this whole episode. And he was being yeah. manipulated, but still I was. And I think that he realizes it at the end, right? Like that's kind of the sure. whole, uh, the, the, that's the payoff in my opinion. Yes. Um, and that's the growth and that's yeah. the growth. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but I, I, I. Yeah. And again, like it, it's such a stark contrast with like how he decided to stay when Izzy banished himself, you know, like, yeah, I don't think anybody really would have cared if Izzy had stayed on. (laughs) Right. You played yourself, Izzy. (laughs) Dumbass. He's such a dumbass. But here, like, <laughs> it's such a different dynamic where he's like, no, this is who I am. Anyway, I'm going to let you, like, continue because there's oh, yes, so much yes. more after that, too. You're fine. Oh, God. Right. This is the point where Button starts to put a hex on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what language he was speaking, but he is very upset. And yeah. he's standing there completely naked, hexing Calico Jack. Mm-hmm. And... Jack kind of tries to laugh it off, like, oh, that was some weird shit. Mm -hmm. And then this is where Steed from behind him says, get off my shit. I love that. That moment. Oh, my God. Like, wow. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah. It was some weird shit. Like, let's be very clear. Yeah. But it was pain. Like, it was like an expression of Button's pain and his righteous anger at, like, the murder of his friend. And the fact yeah. that the, the crew, again, the crew does not agree with Calico Jack, like right. feels the pain of buttons and that the next person to speak is Steed to say, get off my ship mm-hmm. is again, like such a, oh, <laughs> emotions, <laughs> feelings. <laughs> I feel feelings of this because it's, it's something that we so rarely see um, when we're in a situation where men are being men to have another man like stand up and be like stop this bullshit right now right so now calico jack says fine i don't give a shit the party sucked anyway yeah exactly again deflection 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 Uh uh-huh right and he says i'm out who's with me which is so funny it's like were you gonna take like what if the entire crew wanted to go what were you gonna do (laughs) on your little dinghy (laughs) well you would have probably threw steed overboard Probably, yeah. But he didn't get that, right? Like, he yeah, was he waiting for the right moment for for that mutiny, and he didn't get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, And so he says, oh, come on, guys, you don't want to stick around this fop, do you? <gasps> mm, did you know what that meant? Because I didn't. 
Yeah, it, it, it's essentially someone who's concerned with their clothes and their appearance. Um, it's not just someone, it's a man overly concerned with yes. fashion. Yeah. Like, and it's, so, yeah. It's definitely homophobic. Yeah, there you go. And in that yeah. moment, and you can tell that Steed is really hurt by this. Mm-hmm. And Ed cannot look up. Yeah. Like, he's just staring down at his feet. And in that moment, like, he's the coward. Let's let's use the real words, right? Like, he is the one who yes. can't stand up for the person that he cares about. Yes, he is. He is. Unfortunately, um, yeah, like I said, uh, kind of disappointed with him. Mm-hmm. Love the growth. And, and I'm allowed to be disappointed in him. But there you go. Exactly. Like, it's disappointment is just like any other emotion, right? Like, it's yeah. you, <laughs> you feel it. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard because you want to defend the characters that you love, mm-hmm. but it's like no, I'm allowed to be disappointed in in, yeah, in him in this episode until the end and be like, oh, okay, there there it is, there it is. That's you know? that's yeah. the person that I was seeing this entire time. Yes, yeah. yeah. So uh, of course he's trying to get Blackbeard to go with him. He says, "I saved your life, man," and so Blackbeard goes, "Yeah, okay, let's go." And this Steed is like, "Wait." wait a minute, you're leaving with him? Like, he's, oh. he's like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't think this would happen. And mm-hmm. he says, this is who I am, Steed. Can you see me now? And he says, you are always going to realize what I am. Take care, mate. Okay, this, when I heard this line for the first time, what I actually heard was, well, you know, figuratively, was, Mm-hmm. You were always going to realize that I'm not good enough for you. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I, I genuinely think that Ed thinks that he's not good enough for Steed. In many ways, yeah. I think that, you know, race privilege also play a part. But I think that, yeah, there's just a lot of ways in which Ed feels inferior to Steed. I genuinely think also that in that moment, he's clinging to Jack. Uh, because mm-hmm. if I can paraphrase Fleetwood Mac in an act <laughs> of foreshadowing, um, mm-hmm. he's like afraid of changing Mm -hmm. uh, because he built his life around this particular identity uh, that's steeped in all of that toxicity. And it feels very scary to, you know, handle the seasons of his life. (laughs) Yeah. And I've actually been in a relationship where the person tried to break up with me because I was too good for them. Mm -hmm. And like, Oh no, you, you know, I'm a mess. I'm a complete mess and you've got your life together and I'm older than you and you have so much, you know, you're just kind of beginning. I feel like I'm in the middle of my life and like I've fucked up and divorced and like, you know, you are just now beginning your life. And so you need to go do that with someone else, not this fuck up like me. Mm. And it was like, so, you know, so insulting to me that was like, no, I'm choosing to be with you. Mm hmm. You know, I don't care that you've screwed up in your life. Like we can, we can make this work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what, you know, why are you trying to make this work? And it's like, well, why are you trying not to change? You know? Yeah. It's, it's basically allowing your partner to make up their own mind about you and to see you how they see you, even if it's, it's in a much better light than you see yourself. Yes. Yeah. And to accept that love. And, you know, you have to think back to the duel between Izzy and Steed and, you know, Blackbeard was just letting that happen. He was trying to see how it would play out. He was mm-hmm. waiting 
for uh, the decision to be made for him. And it was a really cowardly way out. Yeah. So yeah, again, you know. that's true. Oh yeah. man. I know. <laughs> Let's eat. Just squash his character completely. No, I, I love him though. No, but I think yeah. like this is rooted in trauma, right? Like, I mean, we, there's, it there's is. so many ways of explaining why he's doing this. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we just were already an hour, you know, and a really long time into the episode, but like, yes, there's, I'm sure that there are ways to explain why he's thinking this way. Um, and I don't blame him for it, but I, you know, it is disappointing to see, see it played out. Yeah. And he's a very complex character and, and this is how you see growth. You've got to feel pain Mm -hmm. to have growth. So, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) so now we cut to Alawande trying to, uh, get his way back into his old room and Frenchie and we John are like, yeah, there's not really any room. Sorry. We're in the midst of some renovations. And he's like, I'll just, I'll just sleep in the corner. And he's like, Oh no, 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 that's our sitting nook. <laughs> so what did they you, kind of, what did you read of, from this? Like, why didn't they want him in the room? Well, I mean, I don't know. I like that. This is theirs now. They never had a room before. Like, if they let him in, they're going to have to let everyone in. And, like, okay. they kind of made an agreement. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, that's okay, what fair I read. Enough. Now, if you want to read something a little bit more to that, then you're allowed to. Well, I'm I'm kind of wondering if it is. Because, again, this show is so good at just stating things explicitly yeah. that I also don't really want to, like, scratch at everything because we don't have oh, sure. to. Um, sure. But, yeah, if this was any regular old show, I'd be like, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, because you're just looking for crumbs, and, you know, we have a whole feast before us, so we don't really have to Well, there you go, and I'm like, you know what, like, whatever the real, the nature, and that's kind of the thing, right, when you're well-fed by a show like this, mm-hmm. like, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't really need to, to go and look, like you said, look for crumbs. It was really yeah. well said. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to Ed laying on the beach, like, passed out, I guess, mm-hmm. like, right on, right on the shoreline. And he wakes up and Calico Jack is like whipping the water. Oh my God. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm getting us some breakfast. And he's like, does that even work? He's like, I don't know. I never tried it before. Which is just such a stark contrast with the breakfast yes. that he had like just a mm-hmm. day ago, like the just yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And so he comes up and says, yeah, it turns out it doesn't work. Uh-huh. And he hands him a bottle of Obviously. rum and he's like a little early for that. And I'm like, hey, 24 hours ago, you were drinking rum. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there you go. I think like the, the yeah. honeymoon phase with Jack is sort of like. It really is. Fading very quickly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so now we cut to Steed. Oh, Steed. He's in his library. He is curled up in a little ball on the windowsill. <laughs> With a telescope, and he's watching them through the telescope, and it is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. This whole scene is amazing. This has such, like, 100% energy of, like, a breakup where one person is going back to their ex, which is exactly what's happening, but then the other person is basically using their alt account to check their social media. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. It's amazing. Yeah. And so Steed says something about like, oh, he's got sand all through his beard. They're already drinking, mm-hmm. you know. And so Alawandi's in there on his couch and he's like, come on, you got to take your mind off of them. So there's two, two very sad people that are kind of moping about their losing their, their person. Yeah. 
Estide says, oh, they're, they're the furthest thing from my mind. And while he's looking through the telescope. Yeah. But I them. think that that's, he also says, that's why I have to use like the. That's why I've got the telescope because they're too far from my mind. Yeah. Oh my and then God. he says, oh, look at Jack. Do you think he's better looking than me? Oh. Yeah. And he says, he's got nice hair. And Alawande immediately goes, you got nice hair. Yeah. And he says, yeah, but it, and Steed says, yeah, but his mustache is weird. Mm. <laughs> I love that. He's just like, kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, I am. I am just good. Like he's just being really sassy about it. Right. Yes. Which is good. Like, be, yeah, your, his mustache <laughs> is weird. Like, yeah, you're very well groomed, sir. <laughs> Lucius walks in. And says that Alawande looks awful, and and Alawande says he slept here last night, which I wouldn't think that one of Steed's posh couches would be so such a terrible place to sleep, but uh, compared to like in a barrel like the Swede <laughs> <laughs> or cuddling onions, um, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I agree. Well, it's also probably because he didn't shut up, right? Because it's been going on all night, from what they were saying. Oh, probably. Yeah. So like, yeah. he probably didn't get yeah. much sleep. <laughs> And so Lucius is very smug and says, mm, do you regret giving the room away? Mm. And he said, and drinking two bottles of rum. Yeah. And <laughs> Steed goes, well, 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 look who's eating seaweed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And this is where he says that it's been going all night. No breaks. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love Lucius. I love, I love Lucius. Oh, oh my, my God. Gosh. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. He's the best. So he comes up and he's like, good morning. You know, mm -hmm. he's very much the best friend of the person who is just completely beside themselves yeah. in a breakup and says, so do you mind putting down the scope for a sec? And he says, you know, I can't hear you. And he's like, okay, I'll just, and he like wrenches it out of Steve's hand. Like he had to take the phone away, like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you cannot drunk dial your ex. Exactly. Like, stop looking so at their he, social media accounts. <laughs> it's just hurting yourself. Yeah. And so uh, Lucius goes, okay, do we think this is more of a spat or a rupture with Blackbeard? Mm. And Steed says, I think it's done. Oh. And he says, well, lucky for you, I'm fantastic at breakups. Mm. And again, like, <laughs> I, I love how this so is spoken much. about in, like, for lack of a better word, explicit terms yeah, yeah where like it's a breakup a rupture like it's yes yeah they're talking about it like the romantic relationship that it is well and it makes you think so the previous episode ended with them saying they could be co-captains mm -hmm. and uh you know we're about to get a scene that's like oh okay so so it's just you that's our captain now so it, I would love to see again. I'm always commenting on these in between scenes. Yeah. With that we don't get to see what kind of conversation was had about them being co captains. What was the crew told yeah. about them being co captains? I agree. So, yeah. And the fact that he took on that role and said, okay, we'll be co captains, and then so easily left as if he had no responsibility on the ship. You know? Ooh, that's very, um, mm. Mm hmm. That's very. <laughs> It's very stepped out of him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, so Lucius apparently has, has rode to the shore on a tender and says, you know, here's a box of stuff. Like he has a, like a, a cardboard box almost. <laughs> like, it's amazing. And he says, here it is all your stuff. So don't try reaching out and looking for something. It's an obvious ploy. I've used it before. Yeah. 
Blackbeard says, I see you didn't put any of that yummy lavender soap in there. And, and Lucius goes, it's not a care package. Which was, and he walks oh away. God, so good. And by the way, just a little tidbit of queer history, because I didn't know this. Well, I mean, I sort of know, but lavender is a queer symbol. Oh, yeah. Okay. Particularly in the 20th century, uh, it was used interchangeably with like rainbow or LGBTQ plus. Uh, you'll hear sometimes about lavender associations, like it means oh. queer, basically. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I did not know this. I didn't know that either. So there you go. And so Lucius gets one more dig in and says, did you know he really liked you? I hope you know that. Oh, and he's telling the truth again. And he's standing mm -hmm. up to Ed Forsteed. I just, uh -huh. I love everything about this. It's amazing. Uh, Lucius can be my BFF, please. Yes. So Calico Jack wants to kill him and, you know, and take his dinghy. Ed is like, no. Yeah. And take his dinghy. Yeah, and see, there so you go. Then, Ed is like, no, like he's starting yeah, to realize no, like the mistake that he's made. He's like, ah, crap. Yeah. yeah, you know, like no good decisions come after two a.m. again, as per how I met yes. your mother. And I think <laughs> yes. that this is absolutely true. Yes. Like he's sort of realizing, like I fucked up. Yeah, I made a big mistake. Yeah. Um. So then we cut to buttons and. Uh, another seagull comes up and Button says, oh, Lord, you must be oh. Olivia. And Olivia the bird says to Buttons, <laughs> you know, that Carl didn't come home last night. And he says, I have some hard news. So now we're realizing that Buttons can actually speak to birds, which makes yeah, this whole thing even more heartbreaking. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to go cry over a bird. I know, right? This a seagull of all things. Like the <laughs> stuff that eats that shit eat and french fries off of a parking lot. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. I'm so mad that they made me care about a seagull. <laughs> Why do you care about a bird? Oh, but yeah. it's Carl. It's Carl. I know, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the deck and Steed is telling the crew mm. he will be holding a burial at sea for Carl. And he's wearing a beautiful, sweet. shiny fabric again. Yes, yes. And he says, understandably, Buttons is, and in the background, oh. Buttons is saying, I wish God took me instead. Oh. And he says, rather audibly upset. I know. And he tells them, on a related note, Blackbeard would no longer be sailing with us. Hmm. And everyone's really upset, even though they were they there. Yeah. <laughs> Last like, night. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like maybe they were like, "Oh, okay, they'll they'll get back together, whatever." How many yeah, times maybe, have, maybe. in this last month have they had a fight like this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just we've never seen it. <laughs> Can you imagine? He goes oh off on gosh. his little dinghy yeah. every couple of days after they have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> then he comes comes back. <laughs> That's too funny. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like so, it. <laughs> So it's very much couched in divorce language. Yeah. When you're sitting children down and telling them, you know, about a, your upcoming divorce and, and says, you know, it was a mutual decision, which I, which I initiated first, yeah. <laughs> which is funny to oh, me. Which is a lie, which is fine to make himself feel yeah. better. Yes. It's okay. And so Black Pete pipes up and says, so does this, does this mean we're back to just being captained by you? And Lucius is going oh my god you know and really upset 
at him asking these questions, the, you know, and Frenchie says, no need to be a dick, man. Yeah. And he says, I'm not being a dick. I just wanted clarity. Well, I think that and, this is really important. Yeah. Um, because I, I love him for asking the wrong question at the wrong time yes. and really asking it without malice Yeah, and just wanting clarity. Right. Well, he has a little bit of, <laughs> well, his follow-up is, you know, because Steed says, look, technically you've always been captained by me yeah. and only me. So there's no change there. Again, it makes me wonder about this whole co-captain thing. So, yeah, that's true. You know, I guess there wasn't something that was formal formally said about it. I don't know, maybe. And Black Pete says, right, but what if some of us saw ourselves as more Blackbeard's employee? Mm. And Olawande says, read the room. And Lucius, again, is really pissed off at this man who he has a lot of affection for. And he's like, mm. I swear to God. <laughs> like, he's so angry at him for saying these things. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, I think again, like, you know how, so... I am not a neurodivergent person, but like, I know that a lot mm -hmm. of people see themselves in the show yes. and I'm yeah. just like, Oh, okay. Like I get it. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. True. Yeah. But he's saying he sees himself as more Blackbeard's employee just because Blackbeard's cooler in his eyes. But like, where you get your money from, man? Like, oh, you get it from Steed. Absolutely. Oh, I'm not defending that at all. Like, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean. But no, if you want to read the neurodivergency in, in asking the wrong question, asking the blunt question, not the wrong question, asking yeah. the blunt question at an inopportune time. Yeah, and I, I just think that, like, the both of those things can coexist, right? Like, yes, it's, it's yes. I'm okay with, I'm okay with Black Pete being, like, a more, um complex character than I originally gave him credit yeah. for. Yes, definitely. So now we cut to the little dinghy that Calico Jack and Blackbeard are on. And Calico Jack says, best thing that could have happened to you, if you ask me, when I heard that you'd shacked up with him and Blackbeard kind of peeks and mm. is like, wait, what? You know, where'd you hear that? He says, you didn't, you didn't just happen upon us, did you, Jack? And here's where Jack finally says, you know, took you long enough. The old black beard would have seen me coming a mile away. And he reveals that Izzy sent him. Mm. And Spanish Jackie sends her regards as well. Which, uh, yeah. if, think if you ask Jackie at this moment, she say, I don't care about them anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, her focus has shifted. Like, she just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Which, <laughs> which makes me love her even more. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so Blackbeard says, Izzy sold me out. And he says, no, he sold Steed out. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Izzy so wanted to make says, sure that his boyfriend was safe. Yeah. He said, the sentimental bastard wanted me to get you out of here yeah, before there the you English go. showed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Izzy's like, come back to me. Come back exactly. to me, Edward. <laughs> come back. To, come back, Edward. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Just to kind of comment on like the whole, like, you know, the old Blackbeard would have figured it out sooner. Like the thing mm -hmm. is that the old Blackbeard was constantly on his guard. Like he was never relaxed. Yes. He was living in a state of like constant and ongoing trauma. During his month on the revenge, he was able to kind of like decompress in that way where, you yes. know, he knew that Steed would never have tricked him this way. And he was able to mm -hmm. like relax and be showed true loyalty, which he is now realizing he has not returned. Yeah. Yeah. There is a reason that Steed piqued his interest in the first place. Like yeah. he needs to remember that. Yeah. yeah. 
so he says that the English are coming and he goes, Oh, there they are. And there's <gasps> at least three English ships. And, uh, we cut back to the deck of the revenge. And again, Steed is very divorced dad vibes. Look, these things happen. Sometimes sea captains drift apart. Mm. I know it's tough, but chin up. He says that a lot. Chin up, man. Yeah. And n- neither of us will like you less or more than we did before. <laughs> so all of this parallels to, you know, children of divorce. Yeah, exactly. And Roach says, bad news, Captain. And he's like, yeah, it's terrible news. He's like, no. <laughs> and he points to him so that now Steed sees the English ships. Yeah. We cut back to the dinghy and... Jack says, I figured you were on to me when I lured you to Blind Man's Cove, seeing as its distinguishing feature is that it's impossible to make an escape. Hmm. Hornigold's favorite place for an ambush. What a motherfucker. I hate him so much. Like, oh, it's weird so because, much. like, both Jack and Izzy uphold this a lot of the same values in terms of toxicity and, like, racism mm-hmm. and all of the isms. And yet, like, I hate Jack and I would give my life for <laughs> Izzy. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I can't help you with that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is something, like I said, this is something that I need to investigate and yeah, to try to understand. Definitely. But like, yeah. <laughs> I, like, no, honestly. No, but you can also love the villain. As as an audience member, you can also love the villain. Of course. So okay. Oh, of course. I don't feel bad about it. Like, <laughs> I say this without shame. I love Izzy Hands. <laughs> like, I, but I, I honestly... Like, cannot stand Calico Jack. And if that yes. freaking cannonball killed him, I would be happy. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yep, definitely. He asks Ed, like, where to? I was thinking maybe the Republic of Pirates, which makes me think, like, Izzy's there waiting for him. Oh, 100%. Izzy is, like, yeah. waiting at the front door for his boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so Ed gets up, he snaps the oar in half, which, hello, that's pretty strong. Yeah. So he's setting it up to where Calico Jack also cannot escape, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And he says, fuck you, Jack, he's my friend. Yeah, there you and go. And he says, what do you mean he's your friend? What kind of pirate has a friend? We're all just in various stages of fucking each other over. Exactly. Which tells you everything you need to know about Calico Jack. Yep. So at this point, Blackbeard has dove into the sea and is swimming back to the ship. Mm. Yeah. And, and since they're so close to the revenge, Buttons is still there hexing Jack. Naked. Naked still. (laughs) Next to the unicorn. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Next to the unicorn. And this is when Olivia the bird shows up and is staring Jack down. Yeah. And uh, he gets mad. And then this is when an English cannon fires a warning shot, which misses the boat. Well, it it hits the unicorn. Yeah. And um, hits the dinghy. Or it hits, it looks like it hits Jack. It looks like it it hits Jack, like, instantly. And that's kind of the thing. I'm like, this will be an interesting one if they decide to kind of, like, have him be not dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and so Alawande says that that was a warning shot. The next one's into the hull. Yeah. And Steed says, right, we should probably uh, fire back at them. Right. And see, here's he's showing courage. Like he's like, yes. he's scared. He's clearly scared. But he's like, yeah. OK, we have to defend ourselves. Like, I have to defend you. This is our role. Like, this is we have to do this. Right. 
Right. And so uh, as they're running around, they're about to prepare the cannons. Blackbeard shows up completely soaking wet and says, wait, hoist the white flag. Like there is no fucking chance here. We've been set up. He knows blind man's cove, Mm -hmm. you know, enough to know they can't get away. And, and this is also a break from like, we can do anything. Like it doesn't matter. Um, you know, like whip my balls kind of thing. Like it's like, no, no, this will kill us. Like we will die. Better alive than dead. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is like such a nice like way of him to say like, fuck all this toxicity. Let's just yes. stay alive and deal with whatever comes our way. Right. And I don't care about the persona. I yeah. don't care about what, how this makes me look mm-hmm. like I would rather, I, I, I want you cursed or not. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Why? Why would you say this? <laughs> my bad (laughs) but no he's like no i'd rather have you alive than than keep you know keep up the ruse keep up the act keep up the persona oh my god you broke me (sighs) i know i'm sorry (laughs) okay yeah and so they're like all right come on let's do what he said and then um the chain by Fleetwood Mac comes on oh my so God. well incorporated into this entire scene. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, honestly, if somebody had told me that they were going to put a Fleetwood Mac song, like the chain of all songs, like yeah. over a fight scene between pirates and the English Navy in an 18th century piece, <laughs> yes, yes. I would have just cringed and walked away. But it just works so well. Yes. Yes. And they're taking them all alive, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, you know, this isn't the bloody battle we saw when the pirates took that merchant ship. Mm-hmm. And they have everyone, they're roping everyone together. Buttons is Buttons is running around naked on the deck. Everyone's getting <laughs> tied up. <laughs> and Steed and Ed are tied up, hands behind their back together. They're shoved down to the uh, to the deck and they're facing each other and Steed looks at Ed and smiles and says, you came back. And uh, Ed looks at him and said, never left. And he winks and clicks his yeah. tongue. And so uh, and then we get the infamous foot touch. I was hoodwinked about that by the fandom. Were you? Because what I had understood was that Ed moves his foot towards Steed in that moment. He does. Right? And he does. He does. Uh-huh. But Steed then also reciprocates. Yeah. Steed, like, makes room for his foot. Right. Or, and then, like, like puts moves it a little bit further. His own foot over his. And, like, there's, like, yeah. clear, like, um, you know cuddling there of yes. the, the, there's clear footsies being played yes so you thought it was only on ed's right like that was never told to me by the fandom like this is a clear because i was kind of i was expecting it i knew that it was coming but i just didn't mm-hmm. think that it would be so reciprocal i guess like i don't know maybe sure. it's because i've been so used to not seeing reciprocity <laughs> that yes. it's it, it was shocking to me but i i 
I just thought that the gesture on like on screen was even more clear than what had been discussed in fandom. Yes. Um, I would say, so I heard that this was ad-libbed okay. by Taika Waititi. Hmm. So um, there could be, but, but I do want to say about ad-libbing is sometimes what happens was ad-libbed originally, but the scene that you see was after the ad-lib happened and the director calls cut and they're like, yes, yes, do that. Just like we just heard from Vico Ortiz that the, um, the lean in almost kiss Mm -hmm. between Alawande and Jim was ad-libbed. Yeah. But I watched the interview and they said, actually, like we did a take where we weren't, we were just looking at each other. And then we decided together to do a take where we actually kissed. Mm -hmm. And then you know, they called cut and the director was like, okay, I'm with you, but don't actually kiss. Okay. Like just go towards each other. So that was technically an ad lib, mm-hmm. but then it was honed, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, I really don't care when things are ad libbed or not because, no, yeah, you know, this isn't like a stand up comic where one person makes a decision on the spot oh, sure. and whatever. Yeah. Like this is, TV is a team sport. That's always what I say. Yes. And like the fact that, yeah, sure. Somebody thought it up. It happened. People were on board. It was directed that way. It was edited that way. It could have been edited out, but it wasn't. It was kept. Right. And so like, to me, the fact that it's ad lib like changes nothing to how I see. Well, I have moment. a completely different, I have a different point to oh, that. Okay, okay, the okay. point was, is that the scene you see, if you thought that this, and, and we don't know. If this was the scene that was actually ad-libbed, this could be the actor, Reese Darby, going, oh, oh, someone touched my foot. Like, let me mm-hmm. let me move it out of the way or let me move it a little bit more. And because he didn't know it was going to happen when it, when it was ad-libbed in the moment. But this could have been, I just wanted to point out that interview with Vico to know that it could have been an ad lib and then they cut and then they do another shot of it and he was expecting it. And then that's where the, so maybe there, I'm just saying that maybe the reciprocity wasn't as clear to everyone because he wasn't expecting it as an actor, but maybe, maybe he was told to like move in a little bit or, or whatever. So I'm, I'm curious as to that scene. I would love to know a little bit more about that scene. Yeah, for sure. Honestly. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I, I, I always like to know where, where like ideas come from, especially for like mm-hmm. the crafting, the, the physical actions within a scene. Like, was that scripted? Was that directed? Was that like acted? Like who, who sort yeah. of like, um, uh, came up with it, but But yeah, like to me, it's just like the fact that the scene is so like that little gesture is so reciprocal because like Steed clearly like puts his foot over Ed's and like just like rubs it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's there and it's just so cute. And I haven't seen anybody talking about this. Like the only people all that I see is like people talking about um, Ed moving his foot towards Steed. And I'm just like, yes. But Steed also participates like this. Yes. I, mean, I don't know. I, yes. I don't know. Maybe this is my own like supernatural wound I need to get over. But still. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not definitely. But you know no, no, I, mean. I know what you mean. Don't uh, worry. It's OK. <laughs> but I think so without the foot touch, the scene is still very intimate. Oh, yeah. Like definitely. the way they pull out, the way they're looking at each other, like they are surrounded by mayhem and they are just quietly looking at each other, smiling. Mm. He winked at him like. 
even without that extra, like we just had an episode that says this is happening. So let's not discount that this is actually happening, but we do read Steed as a little bit less aware of this burgeoning yeah. relationship mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely points. have read him this way, but I think yeah. in this episode, he is absolutely aware that there is something going on. Yes. He is aware yeah. of it. In the other one, I'm not sure he knew. In this one, he knows. He does know, and maybe he's possibly trying to discount it because he can't believe it. Like, he can't believe that Blackbeard actually has feelings for him. I don't even know if I would tend to say it this way, just because, like, yeah. they clearly break up, right? So yeah. there is some sort of understanding between them. Whatever yeah. that is, we're not quite privy to, which is fine. Um, right. But, like, again, like, the re- reciprocity, I think, is stated right there yeah. in that gesture. Oh, there's just so much meat on this bone. I, I know. <laughs> oh. I agree. I know, I know, I know. But, yeah, it, it was so just, good. like, such a really beautiful moment. And, like, I was just left completely wanting to watch the next episode <laughs> Yes. Oh, like, I'm just wait. so excited for us to be done so I can watch it. <laughs> and there's only two left. I know, oh my, my gosh. God. Do you have All any right, predictions well, for next episode? I mean, I'm terrified for them. Mm-hmm. They're obviously captured. Something needs to happen. I'm terrified for the crew who means less than Blackbeard and Steed because they're expendable yeah. in uh, in people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um. I uh, would love to see Jim save the day in some sort of way. I, I mean, know, right? Jim is somewhat connected to Jackie. Jackie would probably get an update about what's going on from Izzy. So I'm hoping that some kind of plan is hatched. <sighs> I I don't know. I'm just very worried about them. And I had a prediction earlier that I was going to say, and I completely forgot. Because uh, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I'll it's save true. That you for did. Predictions. Well, let me let me give my <laughs> predictions, gone. and um, yes. and we'll see. Um, I think that they're going to escape somehow, and I think yeah. that Jim and Spanish Jackie are going to have to do with it. And okay, I think also maybe Izzy, when he hears that Blackbeard has been captured, he's not going to sit still. Mm. Um, yes. So. Yeah, because his plan to get him out of there failed. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And that was kind of the whole goal, right? Like, he never wanted to get rid of, of, of Ed. He always wanted to just get rid of Steed so that they can go back to being pirates together. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think somebody is going to come and, and, and save them somehow. I'm not too sure how. I don't, like, I don't know, but... Yeah. What do you think the setting of the next episode will be? <sighs> I mean... Are they going to be aboard the Revenge? Are they going to be in front of... Are they going to be be sailed back to England? Oh. I you know, know, are they going to go to the Republic of Pirates? Like, what? how is this working? Like, I don't think an English Navy would be welcome at the Republic of Pirates. No, definitely not. I so, Or at least I don't think so. I, yeah. I don't know. I think they're going to they be still on board the Revenge. Because usually... Um, they would have to take that boat, that ship, that boat. Oh my God. They would, they would basically like take that ship and make it a part of the English Navy or give it to, um, maybe a privateer or something. That's how I imagine it would go. So I would assume that they would stay on board the revenge. And then at some point throughout the episode, somebody's going to come save them. 
Okay. Interesting. I hope so, because that's the thing. Like, there are some spoilers that I know are going to happen. Okay, okay. So, like, knowing those things, I'm like, I would assume that they would have to stay on the revenge. I'm trying to think of the spoilers I know, and I don't know if it all just happens in the last episode. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, that's I, We only like, have one hour of this show left. I know. <laughs> like, how are they going to put cram everything in there? I don't know. I have no clue. I have no clue how they've done it thus far, but it just seems to go at such a rapid pace and it, but it also is never anything I expect. Right. So yeah, oh, goodness. I'm very interested in this and I hope Calico Jack doesn't come back. So I'm going to predict he doesn't because he's a <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, same. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm, um, I'm fine. I'm fine with Calico Jack never coming back. Yeah. I hate him. He served a purpose. Yep. He's done. Like I, I would, find it hard to believe that they would need him to trick anyone ever again but i want to so. see izzy Bye. again i miss izzy yes we w- and i believe we'll see izzy again. i, I hope, hope so. so i mean he is he has been talked about way too much to not turn up again he's kind of the big bad like yeah he's orchestrating absolutely. this he's yeah, the betrayer he's the judas yeah maybe you know yeah <laughs> he listened to you <laughs> you're like don't call him that like, what judas. Don't say that. It was real to me. <laughs> I love it so much. No, but I agree. And again, yeah, like I I have no uh, illusions about who Izzy is. <laughs> and I love him because of that, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, let's head to the shore for a message in a bottle. <laughs> this week, the short message reads... Taika Waititi is sex on legs. <laughs> yes, he is. I know who wrote this, actually. I'm not going to out them. But um, he is. Good Lord. And I think, you know, I think that this is a really good one for this particular episode because we went on for so long. But um, yes. yeah, like there's nothing to say about this. Taika Waititi is no. definitely an incredibly handsome man. Um, I think as flustered as I got trying to explain him leaning against that tree before the snake dropped on him was, was yes. sexy. I think that says it all. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for visiting the Gentleman Pirates Library. Please do wash your hands before reading. Who knows what kind of dirt you find on the deck. Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can send us a message in a bottle using the link in our show notes and our Twitter bio. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us at Gentleman Pirate. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R, and the number eight. We'll be back next week with our coverage of Book Nine. So why are math teachers secretly pirates? Uh, because they teach about pie? I don't know. Nope. Because they're always trying to find X.
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but pirates don't uh, treasure hunt, remember? Oh, yeah, we learned that. <laughs> this is a false joke. Yeah, I'm a false joke. <laughs> delete. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <gasps> you.